Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. I am John Schmelk. Yes, you are. That guy's Jeff Fiegels. <laughs> and the phone number is 201-939-4513. Happy Friday, everybody. Giants and Jets on Sunday. And, of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. And I remind folks out there that if you listen to Big Blue Kickoff Live on podcast, so iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you happen to get your podcast, we're changing the way we distribute our feed. So prior, Big Blue Kickoff Live could be found on the Giants audio podcast feed. Well, it's going to get its own individual feed starting on December 1st. It's going to leave the Giants audio podcast feed. The new feed is up there. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. It's called Big Blue Kickoff Live. That's the new feed. We didn't try to make things complicated for you. (laughs) So go subscribe to the new feed. It'll be off that Giants audio podcast feed again starting on December 1st. Well, I hope that makes sense. You aren't a big podcast guy, Jeff? Um, No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> not a big I just, but I guess if either. you are a big podcast guy, then I think that it would make sense to you, right? Yes, it is. So okay. again, now awesome, good. But we're not going anywhere out in the studio. I just have to show up here and we're good. Yeah. So again, we want to find the show we on podcast easy form. for you and for me. Go find the new Big Blue Kickoff Live feed. Subscribe. Make us part of your feed. Of course, leave a positive review if you like the show. So, Jeff, Giants and Jets, two teams that have not had the seasons that. Fans would like them to have. I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jets at one and seven. Giants at two and seven. The only thing difference is that the Giants have had their buy and the Jets have had their buy and the Giants haven't. So when you head into this game, I'm gonna, you know, before we go through our position by position deal, which we usually try to do, mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw out a really simple blanket statement here. All right, get the blanket out. In a year where all these teams, where these two teams, have just consistently shot themselves in the foot in a game like this. And I realize this is true of most games. And Tom Coffin used to say more games are lost than are won. Whichever team doesn't make the stupid mistakes on Sunday (laughs) and just shoot themselves in the foot and give themselves self-inflicted wounds. That's the team that's probably going to come out of this game with a win. I mean, (laughs) and again, it sounds simple and stupid, but I believe it. Yeah. Because during the week, I mean, we all break down games in different ways. John's around here all the week. Um, I'm in. I'm not. I'm here on Fridays. <laughs> so I come in with my great wisdom of this game, and I'm looking at the statistics and looking at comparisons. And I will tell you this. The, the Giants are healthier than the Jets. That's for sure. Um, and we all know that when, when a team is decimated by injuries, we've had it for years here, right? Remember back in 2000, what was it? Actually, last year was, was pretty bad. There were times when we would get the flip card and not even know who these guys were at that at point in time toward the end of the season. Lance and I doing the pregame would be like, who, wait a sec, who is this guy? <laughs> but anyways, back to your point. These are two teams that make a lot of mistakes. They're two teams that turn the football over at an alarming rate. Giants and, minus 10, Jeffs minus 7. There you go. And so, And if you look at the turnover differential in the National Football League, you will find both these teams at the very, very bottom of the list. You will also see the teams that are winning and that are really good at the very top of the list. That just goes to show you how important that statistic is. We've always mentioned it. But to John's point, one team is going to do better than this, the other by not doing the inevitable shooting themselves in the foot. That team will win. These statistically are two teams that are 
dead last in a lot of categories. And really, when I look at the Jets, and we get these stats every week, and this one's, this is the first time I have seen this all year looking at these things. I don't have my glasses I was going to say, can you see it, though? I'm going to see it right here. The <laughs> defense, to read it for you? The defense, the highest ranking on this defense for the for the, for the the Jets, which is actually the defense is the better part of their football team, is um, is 16th, and that's big plays, okay, against. Now you they, go, they are they are seventeenth in the league in, in total, total defense. defense. Okay, that's, that's yards allowed, and that's respectable, right? They're 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 respectable. They're pretty good against the run, by the way. Six, there's the one. That's that's the where the Giants are going to have to they're going to have to earn their their living on the rush against the Jets. Now offensively, wow, we get these things every week, right? And they're shaded. This whole column is shaded this week. Orange is bad. Green is good. There's a whole lot of orange. And white is respectable. Column. Yeah, and, and white's kind of in the middle. Well, there's one section of white here, and that's in their red zone. They're 20th, and the Giants are actually offensive, defensively are sick. Now, I will say this, though. Some of those Jets numbers offensively, and I think this is a good place to start. All right, we'll start there. Some of the numbers for the Jets offensively are a little skewed. Because they had to play three games with their third-string quarterback, Luke Falk. So that's, that's right. that I mean, is going to drive a lot of their numbers down. If you look at the games where Sam Darnold's played in, they average around 16 points a game, give okay. or take. It's not good, but it's not nine, whatever it is overall, if you take out the defensive scores. So I think it's 13 with Darnold if, if you take out the defensive scores that are in the mix there. Okay. But... You watch the games, and there are drives when they protect Donald, and he has time in there to set his feet and find guys down the field. The offense moves. It actually moves fairly well, and, and the ball gets put where it's supposed to be. But the offensive line for the Jets has been so poor this year, Jeff, yeah, they're, they're that really Donald has, I mean, this is like, you know, 2016 Eli Manning bad, or 2015, you know, 17 Eli Manning bad, and he just doesn't have much of a chance on a lot of downs. And for a young quarterback that's still trying to figure out how to do things, he didn't have a ton of experience at USC playing quarterback. He's had a lot of trouble when he gets pressured. You know, he's the king of that fadeaway throw right now, which never seems to end well for him. And that's foot, why right? he has nine interceptions and only six touchdowns. It also goes along the lines, if you have a bad offensive line, you have a world-class running back. With Le'Veon Bell. Who's I mean, averaging 3.3 yards per I carry. Mean, there just goes to show you right there that they got problems, right? And the, the thing that scares you if you're a Jets fan. And by the way, he looks the same. It's not like Bell looks any different. He still looks like a good player. And, you know, and I didn't realize this until, John, we were talking off the air before we came on. That I, I didn't realize he's six foot two. And 225, 30 pounds. He's a big dude. Yeah. Um, power, power and patience. So yeah. be the opportunity. Well, you, for him. he does that little stutter step, you know, go where he just hits the hole. But there, there are no holes for him to hit. The one thing that I think if you're a Jets fan that you have to be a little bit concerned about is that these young quarterbacks, when you have an offensive line like the Jets, they start to, John mentioned, throwing off your back foot. You start to you start to develop really bad habits. You can ruin young quarterbacks. I and mean, so, just, I mean, just just remember David Carr. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean he was example. he was absolutely just I mean, guy was like a deer in the headlights. I, I mean, mean Donald's been sacked in 5 games, Jeff, 18 times. Yeah, that's see that's just You that's, put that over the course of a 16 game season, yeah. you're looking between 55 and 60 sacks. That's not tenable. No, it's tough. You know, and he, and he has good he has good good skill position players. I mean, he just doesn't have an opportunity to get the ball to him. I mean, their I mean, receivers are okay. They don't have a number one receiver though. But Robbie Anderson's fine, Crowder's fine, but they don't. I mean, they don't have somebody of Golden Tate's caliber. My, my point is that they're they're serviceable, right? Oh, sure, they're, they they're all they're all good, and they're gonna fill wide receivers that they, if he could get the ball to them, 
then they might do something. Um, I mean, Robbie Anderson's got great speed. You know, he kind of reminds you of that Deshaun Jackson style of a receiver. He's not Deshaun Jackson. Trust me. Anderson's a little bit bigger, but he is there. He you is there. He is their big play guy. That's for sure. So, you know, offensively, that's where the Jets are at. Now, defensively for the Giants, how are you? What are you going to do to this team? You, listen, you're going to have a chance to, to get some sacks this game and get some pressure you on better. Sam Darnold. You better. You got to. You have to. Because if you don't, I'm telling you guys, I've watched it. First game against the Jaguars, first first sure. drive against right the Jaguars, the they field. went right down the field for a touchdown. First yeah. half against the Dolphins, right down the field for a touchdown. Yeah. They will move the ball on the Giants if you don't pressure the quarterback. So I think that, you know, that's something to look at the Jets' offense and want to switch to the other side. I and mean, by the way, I can't speak, before we go to their defense, I can't speak for what Gase is like as a coach in terms of you know, dealing with players and stuff like that. We're not there. I'm not going to comment on that. But you watch their offense on tape. Guys are open. He's scheming guys open. They love that deep over route where they drag the guy down the middle of the field or across the intermediate area of the field from one side of the field to the other. The Giants haven't covered that damn route all year. Well, no, they didn't cover it last week. No, well, so, <laughs> the guys, here's the, here's the bottom line. Like, if you don't get pressure on Darnold, he will make you look bad. He, he still has all that same talent and ability. He'll make great plays, and then, you know, it's just like you're watching Daniel Jones. You'll have some plays you're like, oh, man. That yeah. is a heck of a play. Then there's other plays, and you're like, oh, my God, did this guy ever play quarterback before? Well, I think if, you know, because this offensive line for the Jets, you as a defensively, your cornerbacks, mm -hmm. okay, you, if you can get some man pressure on these guys and really be able to stop them, that defensive that front seven should be able to get some pressure and some sacks on Sam Darnold. And, boy, but, the Giants have struggled playing press coverage this year, though, I, But Jeff. this, if Ooh, there's a boy. time to do it, it's now. No, you're right. So maybe take a chance with it, right, and just kind of scheme it a little bit. Um, but, you know, see what happens. Um, but I think that the, this is a, a, a get-right week for the defense for the Giants, and it comes at a good time. I really do. Because this, this team is not, offensively, is really, they're really poor. Well, and the theme that I've gotten from Giants defensive players this year, Jabril Peppers kind of said it in the locker room today. Antoine Bethay said it to me on the radio interview. You'll hear on our pregame show on WFN on Sunday that the time for talk is over. We've well, talked about fixing these things and getting this stuff cleaned up. The time God. for talk is thank over. Thank God somebody said it's that. It's time to go out there and actually it is. do it. And let's see. Well, and you know what? They've been, I've been hearing this thing's going to get fixed for weeks. And, and Pat Sharmer said the same thing too this week. Look, we keep saying we got to fix X, Y, and Z. We actually at some point have to actually go and do that. Yeah. Yeah, the proof's in the pudding, right? I mean, like, don't tell me about the storm. Just bring the ship in, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to hear all about it. And finally, some one guy, a veteran, has steps up and says, "We're tired of talking about this. We gotta, we gotta go out there and prove it. Let's see it." And and, and I'll know? and I'll give the veterans in the secondary credit because they could point to some young guys and say, you know, they're making mistakes. They gotta get a fix. No one's doing that, and you gotta give them credit. No one has sure. pointed fingers on this defense at all in well, terms of blaming people for their issues. And it which goes is a good to thing. show you the. It goes to show you how how a vet, how they're veterans and how good mature they are. I mean. Antoine Bethea. Now, now Jabril Peppers is not a seasoned Grizzly veteran like Antoine Bethea, right? No, no I mean, one, no one's a seasoned Grizzly veteran like <laughs> Antoine Bethea, except so for maybe you. Maybe me. But my, my point is, is that Antoine brings that leadership and that kind of quality to that room for some of the other veterans not to get on those young guys because you know he understands. <laughs> he understands that if you're going to go that way, it's it's just it's just detrimental. They're, these young guys are already like deer in the headlight looks right now. I mean, DeAndre Baker is just barely playing through his season just to get into the second year to say, okay, I'm not a rookie anymore. I got to play better. 
Um, I don't know what, and I I did not hear Sam Beal. What what's the deal with Sam? Uh, he's did, active. He okay. So they did bring. They had to do it Thursday, right or yesterday? Yeah, he's active. Okay. So I mean, so there's a little bit of pressure. Sean I'm, Chandler was put on the practice squad in a okay, corresponding so move. Let me just tell you a little bit about something, and, I, and then we can move on from here. I spent a lot of time in this league. You guys know that. I also spent a lot of time on really crappy football teams. Okay, really bad, bad football teams, and teams like you know three and thirteen ish. Um, four and 12 ish. I've been around them. And, and really I have to tell you that I am, I'm happy to the fact that this team has not quit yet. I'm happy that this team is, in my opinion, has not quit on the coach. And like John said, is not pointing fingers because a year ago, this would have been happening. Okay. So that tells you a little bit, two years ago, two Two years years ago, ago. excuse Mm -hmm. me. That tells you a little bit about the culture and the thing, the team is how it's being built. Okay. So that's a good thing. But I will tell you this, all the years that I did play, when I'm on a losing team, and I've been, I was on a lot of them, <laughs> I all, honestly... Jeff played for the Cardinals, Oh, folks. my God. So, <laughs> and, and it was funny, because Kerry Collins, when I came here, Kerry was the quarterback in 2003. Kerry said to me, he goes, man, you know, I've been watching you a long time, and you've been on some really cruddy football teams, but he says, you want to know... Really say yeah, he goes, and I'll never forget when he said this to me, and he said, you know why? And I'm sure he used the word cruddy, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you know why? Because cruddy football teams need good punters. That's what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and listen, it's the truth when you think about it. I mean, I just look at Rutgers for, for God's sakes. I mean, their punter there is, is amazing. He's just like, I mean, he punts. He's already got like 70 punts on the season. You got to have a good punter if you're a cruddy t- football team. But my point here is that, John, the time is now. And these guys have to step up because we have seen when all of a sudden things start to change. All right. Well, Sam Beal. Will he come in and replace DeAndre Baker? Will he bench, get benched? Guys get benched, right? You just can't cut everybody. You can't. I mean, I know the fans want to just like, oh, let him go. Why is it? You can't do that, okay? Benching's probably the first thing you go for, and then you get the other guy in there to try to play to put a little more pressure on. But these guys have to step up now because there's guys going to be, there's going to be guys losing their jobs, okay? And you, when you're a bad football team and you're in a rebuilding as the Giants have been for. They're building for the future. They want guys they can count on and they can play going forward. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball now, and we'll talk about the Jets' defense. But first, the Giants' injury report was released today. No Sterling Shepard, which should be no surprise. Yep. No Evan Ingram, which should not be a surprise. No John Halapio, which should not be a surprise. And no Mike Remmers, or likely no Mike Remmers, who will be listed as doubtful in this game. Wow. So that means for the first time all year, the Giants will have different starting offensive linemen. They've been one of the few teams that have managed to keep their offensive line intact throughout the year. So Spencer Pulley. Week 10. Well, very good. Spencer Pulley will go in at center. Now he started for the Giants most of the year last year, so I don't think that's a big deal. That'll be fine. And then we'll get our first taste of Nick Gates at tackle. Okay. He'll start there for Mike, or likely to start there for Mike Remmers. And we'll see how that goes. And it's a dangerous team to have those sorts of switches against, Jeff, because the Jets have brought the fifth most blitzes in the league this year. And Greg Williams will not be shy about coming after a rookie quarterback. Never has. Never has been shy about coming after. But, you know, you listen. Uh, okay, so Slate, yeah, I think Poli can handle himself. But that right tackle position, we've got a lot of inexperience out there. Now, the Jets um, don't have great edge rushers, though, either. So that, that helps you. Yeah, it does. But he's still going to scheme it somehow, some way to get, to get a mismatch there. Um, but, you know, listen, I think Daniel Jones and this, you're missing two out of your five, right? So I think that Poley being an experienced guy, I'm just hoping for me, I want to get, I want to see this team block better and run the football this week against the Jets front. I really do. I think they can do it. 
That's what I know you want to pass all day because you're looking at these numbers, but put a hat on a hat and go up against what they do well. Just go up against it and beat them. A couple of things to note here. The Jets are number one in the NFL in yards allowed per carry. So their rush defense has been strong this year. Their strength is probably go at it. their interior defensive line. Um, they are good at stopping the run. Uh, they lead the league on first downs. They're only averaging something, allowing something like 2.7 yards per pop. Mm-hmm. So they will make you throw the ball early. So I'm going to deviate here, Jeff. I think you're going to have to pass the ball on early downs. I think uh, the Jets are going to go out of their way to stop Saquon Barkley. I want to see some big personnel. And I want to see some play-action pass early. You know, get Jones out on some bootlegs, run a couple deep patterns, because this Jets secondary is not good. You know, Poole is probably their best guy. He'll be in the slot against Tate. Uh, they might be missing one of their starting corners uh, in this game. What is it, Kelly? Is that his name? I was looking at all the guys today. Dow Roberts, he might not play in this game. Nate Hairston, and then some fellow named Arthur Mollette might be the other outside quarterback. <laughs> I was looking at that. Yeah, they're, am, they're, they're beat up out there. I am not familiar with him. And if Tremaine Johnson was their big, big money veteran corner, he got put on IR. He might get let go. So uh, they are thin in the secondary. They have two very good safeties in Jamal Adams and Marcus May. But if you can get your wide receivers one-on-one, the Jets do a lot of mixing of things in their coverages, zone and man. Uh, you can win down the field on these guys. They've given up a lot of big plays over the course of the year. So to me, I want to see a lot of play action on first and second down and let Daniel Jones go to work a little bit. I want to let Saquon Barkley go to work, I'm telling you. But can he? he, he yes, he can. He's going to have to. I mean, come on. He's gonna, he has not run for over 100 yards in, what, four weeks in a row? Right, so why is that going to change now? Because it's because you need to get you need to get this running game going so that you can get and then let Dan, Daniel Jones be able to have a little bit of a play action have, give him a little bit of a rest for God's sakes I want to get the running game going that's just me where they're gonna do it this week I don't know oh I'd love to get, I'd love to get the running game going too but I think if you look at how the Jets play they they go out of their way to help take to to, to take away your okay. first down I understand run. that but I mean if you're a football team that wants to put your will against somebody else's will no that's fair come too. out and do it. I mean, I know that we can do all the numbers and everything, and it, and I could be completely wrong, which I probably will be. But if, if I'm in that, if I'm in this, I want to. If I'm an offensive lineman, I want to come at those people and their best, whatever they're doing best. Let's attack it and go after it. What do I got to lose? Right? A game? I'm two and seven. <laughs> I'm two and seven. I'm not going to the playoffs. I want to build. Say, Quan Barkley needs to be a guy that is a beast again. Let's go. All right. Ready to do some phone calls? I love phone calls. 201-939-4513. It's all presented by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. No. Folks, we had a great opportunity this last pregame. No, I'm still going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> we had two of our two of our big blue callers come and, and show up at the stage this Wait, weekend. Wait, Len was there. Who else showed up? Did Big, big Ed. Ed come? Oh, yes, I he did. Ed. And I know, yeah, he was, ha- he was sorry to see you go. You know, I said you just missed him. You probably missed him by ten minutes. But um, Big Ed was there with a friend of his, and um, was so he as was he as jolly as I imagine he is in real life? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, we were up against the clock on the on getting in and out of a segment, so we couldn't talk to him a lot of it. But he was there in spirit, and he was great. Good dude, great guy. I, we all like Big Ed. Of course, Big Ed's yeah. the man. Now, now, Len. Completely different than I thought Len would look like. See, I had met Len at training camp, so I had not. So. Uh, he he surprised me. I thought Len was a bigger man than he is. Not a very big guy. So I thought Len would be this big, like you know, grizzly dude hanging out in the woods in Pennsylvania and 
know, whatever. So, Why would he be in from Pennsylvania? Maryland, right? He's Maryland, from Maryland. Me. Maryland, that's what I meant, Maryland. They're close. <laughs> really close by. Yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah, Joe yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, okay. Pennsylvania, Maryland. They're yeah. just about the same thing. Yeah. No, they're not. One's on the water. <laughs> yes. Right? I don't think you want to get crab. I got, I got I Len and get, Joe mixed up for a minute. I don't think you want to get crab cakes in Pennsylvania. Oh, you never know. You know. As long as they're frozen, you'll be all right. Now let's you, get off of now this Now you ready for calls? Yeah, let's go. Okay. 201 <laughs> I know they're ready for us. Not enough O's and smooth. We'll start with Rick in Tampa Bay. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. How are you, Rick? Rick. Hello, Rick. Good, going once. Good afternoon, Rick. Rick going twice. Rick is napping. I hear this Rick. Scott. Scott. Uh, not Rick. Oh, right, okay. Scott. Well, let's start with Scott in New Mexico then. That's okay, yeah, they, Scott. What's up? They must have switched lines. <laughs> no worries. That's okay. Anyways, uh, I, I wanted to ask some questions about the both the Jets and the Giants um, defense. Scott, hold on one second. Rick, I think you're on line one. We'll get to you right after Scott, so stay on the line, Rick. Go should ahead. I, should I hang up so no, you get no, 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 no. We Go got ahead. you. Okay. We, we, we have you on. It's fine. Yeah. You're all right. No. All right. No, no, Mackenzie, Mackenzie, do me a favor. Put put him on hold and put Scott back on, and, and then we'll get to Rick afterwards, okay? So okay. line two. Go to line two for me, Mackenzie. I think I no, I think we're on line one right now, right? <laughs> I'm still here, though. I'm holding Okay, up. let's go Rick. Rick, go ahead. Scott, we'll get to you in a second. Rick, what's up? All right, so I'm first now. Okay, all right, <laughs> there you go. How you guys doing? We're good. What's hey, up, I man? Haven't called, I haven't called in weeks, and now I'm... Uh, Back and forth on what first or second. See, call that's what up. you get for not calling for weeks. You need to call every day. Yeah. I, well, you know what? Listen, I've, I mean, haven't talked in a, in a couple of weeks and, and been just slowly just depressed with the way they played, and, it, and I didn't even feel like talking about how bad I, I don't, how bad the coaching staff is, how bad everything is. And you know, real quick, I had two things I want to say. One is that regarding like what you were just saying, how Bethea uh, was saying that, you know, now's the time to, you know, when we got to stop what we're saying, mm-hmm. say we're doing, you know, I, and I agree that we, I, we have to see that, but you know what? I, I, even seeing it against the Jets is going to mean nothing. I, I don't, I want to, if the Giants <laughs> win, if the Giants win and they get their bye and then they go to next week and then maybe we'll talk after that win, if that's the case. But right now, if they win, I'll, I'll talk to them in, in, in two weeks after uh, the bye. Because, and if they lose, oh, my gosh, forget about it. That, that would be even worse uh, for everything on this team. But I have a question for you. With that said, mm-hmm. now, uh, two, I have a poly, Pollyanna thought or, or whatever, uh, utopian thought is 9-7. and seven, is First question, 9-7, and seven, will that make the playoffs? So there's my no. run-the-table run thing. NFC, I mean, <laughs> NFC 9-7, I don't think it's going to work. I think it's going to be 10-6, right? So is that a possibility? And then now the opposite end, I am seriously looking at this kid young out of Ohio State now. I mean, it, it, w- look at the, the five teams right now that are battling. Now, the Giants happen to lose. I mean, when did they set their sights on this guy? Because you know Miami and Cincinnati are going to be quarterback-driven in the draft. And with Burrow and Tua going, it's going to be those two guys, most likely. Then you got Herbert and you got another couple quarterbacks. That leaves this pass rusher with the Giants and the Jets desperately need 
for our team. Where do you uh, do you look at that as a? I know the team's not going to say they're looking at that, but you guys can. Rick, oh. Rick, look. Oh. <laughs> I have got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not. I, I can't break down draft prospects now. We're, what during the bye well, week? He could, he could be the number. Well, no, look, hey, look, Rick. Here's the bottom the Giants line: Giants have to look at pass rush. They absolutely do. Look so. in, again. I won't talk about the guy specifically, but in a vacuum, if the Giants come to draft next year and there's an awesome pass rusher that's there, yeah, pick him. Cool. I'm in. Where do I sign? Let's do it. We got you. But as a, yeah, I know. But as a Giants fan, we're looking at that at this guy saying, you know what? All right, if for some reason they lose to the Jets, and I mean that's what I was saying, if they beat the Jets, and then you know, you know, well, I don't want to hear anything yet. I don't want to hear Schumer say there's there's our win and all this stuff. You know what? One more week, a bye, and then a big a, a regular game because the Jets stink too. And then let's see if they win, and then we see this improvement that we're, we want to see. But if it's not, if we're not going to have that improvement, it's almost like as a fan. That's the, we need this guy, and he's there because you can probably get him with the third pick. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm not sure. The way people are talking about this kid, he might be the top pick even with the other quarterbacks available. I'll be interested to see how the Dolphins handle that if they indeed do have the first pick. Yeah, because they, they him, them, and Cincinnati, they got to have quarterbacks. Yeah, and the Jets. Right? So, and, but I, you know. but you, maybe you're right, and that's just the, the intriguing thing behind this. But, yeah, that's uh, – I, 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 like I said, let them put up and shut up for next week uh, for, after the bye. Let's see what happens. But uh, you know what? I'm looking to see that, like you said, Barkley's got to run the ball more. Ingram's hurt again. What's new? Uh, and uh, let's let's see him run the ball because I've seen him regress over the last couple of weeks, and, and, and that's not a good sign. And that just makes uh, Shermer and the coaching staff worse when, the, when their star, who at least we could always lean on, is not producing now as well. And – Daniel Jones fumbles. We, you know, he had 20 in college, and now he's had how many already this year? That's got to be worked on. But like I said, let's—if they win, skip a week. Hey, Rick, I got a question. Where where did you find Daniel Jones's fumble number in college? Because I looked long and hard for that, and I I couldn't find it anywhere. In the three years, he had 20 fumbles, and I think he lost 13. No, no, but where where did you find that stat? I looked everywhere. I I I, I looked up his stat. You know, because this was in the beginning of the season when I looked that up. Yeah, but where? Who had it? Who had it? I looked at ESPN. I looked at football. I I Googled it. I just Googled uh, his stats for Duke, and they gave it was the three years he played. He started, or how many games he was, and it shows uh, fumbles and lost fumbles. So some of them they they didn't lose, but it it shows it said I think it was 19 or 20. Okay. And he lost 13 of them. But, uh, yeah, I looked at it in the beginning of the season because that was a problem coming out of school, this fumbleitis. And I didn't think it would be that big of a deal, but it apparently wasn't. it is. So, but um, yeah, you checking that? But that's that's where I'm standing as a Giants fan. And uh, but it is, I, I don't think they'd fire either coach if either his team's lost yet. But um, man, I would love Schumer. I know Schumer's not Gruden, and he's not going to go through the black hole like that. But come on. Let's see some excitement from the coach, all right? That's all I want. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate the call, bud. I looked long and hard to find Jones's fumble stats in college, and I couldn't find them anywhere. And watching the tape of him at Duke, I did not see that as an issue. No one talked about that with him coming out. That was not mentioned once by anybody we had talking about him before or after the draft. No, it wasn't mentioned at all. Now that now that he's doing it, now it's being brought up. But these, those are things you can fix. I mean, really. Yeah, again, I'm I mean, not I heard somebody say that. the other day he must have really small hands. I mean, well, remember, people talked about that with Darnold coming out too. That he could he fumbles the ball, fumbles the ball. He has, he's lost one fumble this year. Yeah, it's just learning. It's again, it's it's. 
it's keeping two hands on the ball, but more importantly, it's developing that sense in the pocket of when people are around you. You know what I mean? Listen, it's this game, for those who have not played it, and that's a lot of you, understand, you have no idea how fast this game is. I'm telling you. You get on that field, and things happen, and it's just a learning curve. It, ha it doesn't just like happen overnight and I know that these are bad things and they're but they're fixable things and they're going to get better they're going to get better because that internal clock that we talked about the last couple weeks it will get better protection will get better scheme will get better when they can rely on him doing certain things yeah. so you know and listen it's tough that you know around here guys it's this is tough I mean this is an organization that's not used to this and this is a, a, a fan base that's not used to this unless you were really a good Giants fan and stuck with them in the 70s. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I didn't know about them back in the 70s, but from what I've been told, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. It so um, in fact, I was no, not. Born no, yet, I didn't. But play. I was told it was bad. Yeah. I didn't play in the 70s, by the way. I played in the 80s, but not in the 70s. So, well, you were in the AFL at that point, right? You No, moved over just yet? after. Just after, John. <laughs> 201-939-4513. Now let's try Scott in New Mexico online. Scotty. Too. Scott, let's give it a roll, buddy. There you go. Uh, okay, well, I hope I remember my question. Oh, now, hey, listen, trust me. I, and if you don't, we'll just hang up on you. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going to ask about the Giants' defense and also the Jets' defense, and I had one other point. Sure. Uh, according to Bob Papa, when I was listening to the postgame live, he had said that the Giants' defense – had given up uh, already five games of over 400 yards, uh, and we played nine. Do you That's happen correct. to know statistically if this is the worst the Giants oh. have ever given up in that time span in their history? No. Uh, okay, I was just curious. <laughs> I do not. I'm sorry. I, I don't, bud. Yeah. Because it seems like an, an inordinate number of yards given up, 400 yards in five games is, is, cra is a crazy number. And yeah, I was just not curious. ideal. Well, there were, I remember coming into the game last week. It was four, it was four weeks, and it, it was four times they have given up over 400 yards. Yeah, he said it was the fifth opponent to top 400 yards, oh, and, uh, and also the fourth time in five games that they've scored less than 300 yards in total offense. Yep, that sounds which right. Which are crazy statistics. Yeah, not great. And the, Jet, the Jets averaged 289 in offense. So uh, <laughs> if the trend continues and uh, going up against – I'm always nervous when you go up against the Greg Williams defense because he always has new wrinkles for whatever you're going to do. If, if, if the Giants don't do well and say no, – I'm hoping it doesn't happen – say they lose, my real basic question, and I'll be glad to take it off the air, is mm -hmm. – what do you think the repercussions are going to be for the Giants as far as defense? Uh, do you think heads will roll, or do you think they'll just go through the season with the bye coming up and try to improve after that? I have no, no well, Scott. We we have I, no idea. We don't know. Okay, we can't comment. We don't know that. Nobody knows okay. that. It really does it. It's hard, but I know it. It will be the latter of the two. In my opinion. Okay. Uh, and, and I was just curious because I was, you know, sort of alarmed by the number of yards they were giving up uh, for such a short period of time in, in the season. That's why I was really asking the question. Because something has to be done. I, I don't think they're going to keep it status quo. And that, that's why I was asking the question. But I'll be interested in your comments uh, later on, guys. And have a nice weekend. And thank All right, you. Scott. Thank you, hey, Scott. Look, uh, I'll just say this. And I mentioned this over the course of the year. The Giants started the year trying to do what James Betcher wants to do. Just look at how Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles calls his defense in Tampa. They play a ton of man-to-man, -man and they blitz more than any other team in the league. That's where James Betcher comes from. That's what he wants to do. 
That's what the Giants did against the Cowboys. The Cowboys lit them up. Mm-hmm. That's what the Giants tried to do against the Bills. Josh Allen lit them up. They tried to do that first half against Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston and Mike Evans lit them up. Since then, and this is one of the reasons they won that game in Tampa, starting in that second half, they went to a lot more zone defense. They went to a much less frequent blitzing. And they've tried to play more conservatively. Now, in some games, that's been effective. In other games, it has not. And a lot of it has to do with if you're going to play zone and run defenses like that, for one, you have to tackle well, which was an issue in a few games, and they didn't. Number two, everyone's got to be in the same page. No question. Because if you're playing a specific defense, and even just one out of the five guys in the defensive backfield is not in the right spot, it makes everybody look foolish and like they don't know what they're doing. And that's what's happened on a lot of those big plays the last couple of weeks. Or vice versa. If one man is playing man and the refs is playing zone, big things happen. I think you're right, John, 100%. I mean, you have to be – and, and that's, what, that's what Antoine, Antoine Bethea, all these veterans are getting at. They're saying, guys, listen. you got to lock in. That, you, exactly. Okay, this is week 10 now. Okay, you, No one's a rookie anymore. You really shouldn't be. You, 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 this is, this, you are week 10 in the NFL plus four weeks in preseason plus the offseason. We should know a little bit about how this defense is run now. And this is not complicated stuff like go play cover four. Not hard. No. It's, and, and listen, I, I think that, you know, I know we're talking about certain players here, but and they're young, and we give them a little bit of a leash, but we can't give them that big of a leash because there are there's some accountability issues here. You know, just because – you're a number one draft pick or a number three draft pick or whoever you are. Doesn't mean that you 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 have this. I mean, you're you have this privilege to go out there. You you're just you gotta you gotta play, man. You gotta go out and and do what you gotta do and understand. And if you don't understand it, get some help. Get some help under get have somebody help you understand it. And again, it's a hard game to play. And John and I have never played defensive back. But I will tell you, that you're, it's a tough position. Hey, I played DB on East 31st Street plenty as a kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try, trying I'm to sorry. dodge cars coming down the street <laughs> yeah. against uh, my other fat friends that I tried to keep up with running up and down the, the, the yeah. blacktop. The game has gotten faster. They drive <laughs> yeah. faster down 31st just, Street now. Just a little yeah, bit. Just a little just bit. A little bit. <laughs> I'm obviously being sarcastic. Folks. But I, I think that you know this is the problem. And these are where the the big chunk plays and the the big plays are coming from is miscommunication and and assignments. They're 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 missed assignments or what they are, and they they should be correctable. And and again, to my larger point, I kind of lost track of where I was going with that. Betcher's willing to change strategies. What do you want to see out of a of, out of a coordinator? Well, you were talking about how he wants he wants to build blitz. Right, and, but this but this is my point though. Like so many times, coaches will be stubborn, right? And they I say they say this is how I coordinate, this is how I play, this is what I'm going to do. And if it doesn't work, that's the player's fault, it's not mine. I'm going to coordinate the way I want to coordinate. Sure. And to Betcher's credit, he saw what he was doing wasn't working, and he made an adjustment, and he tried to change. But it's and, not it's not working. Well, here's the problem though. What's left? The players. Well, right, that's that's my point. Yeah, so I know people want to point at the me. coaches be, well, I know I, I meant it as more as as more of a rhetorical sure. question, but I'm happy you made my point for me, <laughs> which is I don't know what the answer is. Like you can sit here and say, "Well, why don't you try man?" Oh, they did. "Why don't you try to put more?" Oh, they did. "Why don't you try to do this?" Oh, 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 they did. And nothing's working. When you try a bunch of different stuff and none of it works? Yeah. It's hard for me to point the finger at the coach in that situation. That's all I'm saying. 
Let me throw a little bit of happiness on this. Okay. We like happiness. Because it really, we really should, right? I mean, let's just, let's just kind of go in because I just thought of something. Let's look at these last three games, okay? Can the Giants have – could the Giants won these last three games in all reality? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's a there's – a, we, we could go to every one of these, Arizona, Detroit, and Dallas, and there's a, we could have an, a good argument that the Giants could have won those three games. Okay, there's a little kind of like icing that it's a kind of, this tells me they're listen, there's they're young. I, I know we keep saying this, but this is this team has to learn how to win. They're getting close. They're getting close. I mean, it may not look like it. I mean, because it's bad. There's some bad stuff going on in that defense, but this team is they're getting close. To quote Carl Banks, there were a few plays away from being a few plays away. That That's was right. the quote that Carl well, Banks I mean, used. Maybe, maybe they're they're gaining on it then. They're gaining on a few of those plays. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Phil in North Carolina. He's up next. Hey, Phil. Hey, guys. Hey, um, just wanted to give you guys kudos for uh, you and Jeff and uh, Paul and Lance. Kudos yeah, really for Lance. taking our calls in these difficult times and uh, – <laughs> and letting us discuss things and stuff. So, and you're very good with dialogue and kind of listening to us and coming back with where your insight is. So, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's 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 great therapy here. <laughs> um, so, a couple of things. Um, you know, my 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 favorite conversation is always draft positional value. And this week, and I feel a little better. I came off the ledge since uh, we drafted Daniel Jones because I was a huge Donald uh, fan. And, uh, you know, so I'm a little excited to watch these two guys kind of, you, you know, play on the yeah, same Yeah, me too. Field. So am I. So that I think that'll be cool. So, uh, and, uh, you know, I am disappointed in Saquon. I know I'm probably tough on him, but I know he's hurt too. But, you know, I see some bad habits, you know, coming back that I thought he kind of fixed near the tail end. And, you know, I was wondering if you guys see that. Some what, what are the habits, yet. bad habits you're, think, you're, call, you're talking about? Uh, lack of power running, you know, like uh, dancing. You know, he's a big dude, man. So, uh, you know, I wish he would show his, his, you know, use that thigh power he has instead of just kind of dancing around sometimes when, when there's nothing there. I think there have been times where maybe he's been a little hesitant around the hole in the middle. I think that's fair. I also don't think he's 100%. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, just, he, and I think that has, that has a reason for He it. does not have that explosiveness off that yeah. bad ankle and he, you remember his ankles at least in my opinion and his ankles are are a necessity right i mean for what the way he runs and dances and moves i mean that's kind of so he's yeah. all about change of direction that's what Ab- he is exactly right. now you, you do see a lot of like I, i'll tell you what I, I ezekiel elliott last week i i think he has gotten a lot faster I, he's been hitting that hole like i mean it was he's looked really good the last couple of oh weeks my now. goodness i, I mean i was just you. like a i was like wow i didn't i'd, I'd never seen that explosiveness through the hole like him before his, it was ch- his change of direction looked better and then he would just truck guys for three yards after contact like this combination of quickness and and, power. and i love how he gets yeah. low and gets those legs and just like i mean that's what that's the power that i was talking about mm-hmm. you know i don't think that 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 Saquon can do that right now because I think he I, right I think he's hurting I know and he's gonna he's a guy that's gonna want to be out there you know he's gonna do everything he can to be out there and he's also not gotten help from his offensive line the last there's couple no weeks question either. and any any of us have been injured uh, you know in sports and things like that or just everyday life you just know how it de- 
debilitating it can be. And, and it's, it's frustrating because you know what you can so do, but, but your body won't let you do it. Yeah. You know, and until you have to tell your body who's boss, which sometimes you do, right? I mean, that's a, that's a football term. I mean, just imagine. Imagine, <laughs> imagine what Lance feels like when he's trying to get something off the top shelf. I mean, that's He thinks he so can do it, but, 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 he, but he just can't get it off that. Uh, Poor guy. Okay. Well, two, two other things real quick, yeah. and I'll take the last one off the You air. brought that up. I did it. I'm a Spencer Pulley fan. <laughs> um, you know, I, I called I, last week, and, and Lance said P.O. has just as much, you know, experience. But I think... Pulley has a better concept of pass, uh, you know, protection angles and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I, I predict this game there will be less of these free runners running inside, inside and taking free shots at uh, Daniel. Jones. I'll tell you, so, I will be curious to see if they handle some of those stunts and some of those delayed blitzes a little bit better. I, 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 th- I think you make a good point, and I think Pulley showed he could do that well last year. I want to see how he does it with this group this year. Right. And the last thing I'll take it off the air, that, you know, we're talking about scheme and, 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 you know, and, and your John was saying about, you know, man to man isn't working and zone is working. And, 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 you know, I, you know, I coached football, uh, I was a defense coordinator eight years. And, and I, in the beginning, I had this ego tendency to make really complex, uh, things that were, Way over the kids' heads, and then I had to tone it down, and it worked much better. But my bigger point here is that, yeah, it's schemes, but it's also technique, and perhaps maybe our our teaching of technique is not good enough because in the zone, like if you have one guy super tight on a man, and you, the other guy is 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 playing too loose, then you know it almost seems like there's bigger gaps in the zone. And so everyone has to kind of understand what, how much space do I give somebody that's in my zone so that I'm not maybe right on him, but I have enough reaction time to get to him. So I think that'll, I'll take off the air. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your weekend. So. No, no problem. And look, I think if you want to pinpoint something, I think that's a better thing to pinpoint than the actual schemes that they're playing. Sure, sure, and and, that, and this is all this is a learned trait, right? I mean, this is a new defense for some of those guys. James Betcher's been calling this defense for a long time, understands it. You know, guys like uh, Marcus Golden has played in this defense before. Um, and by the way, they could be coaching them the exact right way. It also doesn't mean that the players are yeah, able we to don't, adapt adopt what they're being taught. That's right. Yeah. So it's it's all it's all about learning. It's all about getting better at your craft, as they say. It really it is. 201-939-4513. But, yeah, I do think, I think, frankly, it's an epidemic across the NFL. I don't think guys know how to play zone defense in the middle of the field. All you see is passes being completed between think those linebackers more, and safeties. And I, yeah, I think that's – okay, I, thank you. I just say I, I think it's more the linebackers and safeties than it is the outside cornerback. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. I know. Absolutely. And I, agree. and I think it has to do with, like, you, you would think that safety is because that's just what they do. That's like in, that's in, in their DNA, you know, being that, that last level of coverage. I think it's more the linebackers than anything that this team is, the linebackers in this league, you know, they're, they're, you would think they would be better at covering because they're faster. And that's what they did in college, and right? That's what they did in college. Yeah. But, but, but they're not. They're not. And because, you know what, listen, they're going up against elite receivers and tight ends, more importantly. And it's funny, by the way, because I asked Carl Banks about this on our Giants Rewind podcast, which, by the way, you can find on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, or any of your other favorite podcast platforms. And I said, Carl, why did guys have so much trouble, and linebackers specifically, covering the middle of the field and zone? 
because so many teams don't play man anymore because with all the, the, the rubber outs and stuff, it's hard to play man. So teams play zone, right? If you don't have the guys, you got to play zone. And he goes, John, it's a big part of film study and the instincts from it because there should be tendencies, tells, tendencies, cues, where if you see a team line up a certain way or one guy runs a route a certain way, that should key you in that, all right, Correct. this route combination is coming. I need to drop myself back into this passing lane to prevent the slant behind me, to prevent the deep in cut, whatever the route might happen to be. And he just doesn't think these guys are either being taught properly or properly able to absorb that complex part of their job, which is understanding, anticipating, and reading route combinations, which puts them in the right place and at the right depth to alter what quarterbacks are trying to do in the middle of the field. Yeah, and it's tough It's tough to comment on that because we're not in the meeting rooms. We're not at practice. That's why I asked Carl Banks because I have no idea. Um, I, and it's, you know, if anything, it's probably a collectively a problem across the board, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. And again, that's not the Giants. I, that was a question in no, general. It's in general the whole league. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a listen. These guys, you know, I, I can only speak from experience as far as preparation goes, John. And you know, the more you prepare, the better off you're going to be and succeed in this league. And even at the punting position, right? I mean, I, I never had to study defenses and things like that, but I still had to do as much as I could to prepare myself to play. These guys have to do the same thing. They've got to do a lot more than I ever did. And sometimes, you know, collectively, I'm not talking about just the Giants here. As John said, we're talking about the whole league. There are guys that take shortcuts and they think that their ability, because they, when, when they come when they were in college, they could, get, they could get by by their ability, making plays without kind of studying stuff. When you get to this level, everybody's pretty much the same as you now. And some of them are better and you are worse. You got you to gotta find something that's going to make you better. And if that's more preparation, then you do it. If it's something more, you put 10 more pounds in the weight room or you run after practice or whatever, there's something there you can do to always make yourself better. 201-939-4513. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Enter to win the ultimate VIP game day experience, courtesy of Coors Light. Text VIP to 90464 for more details. Back to the phones. Let's go to Len in Columbia, Maryland. He's up next. Len, what's going on, buddy? Big Len. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Good to see you the other night. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. So, so what you're saying is, I, I, I may sound like a big guy, but I'm not a big guy. No, I just thought I figured you were like this big old grizzly looking, like six foot five. And, and you know? Len, uh, uh, Len, apparently, you also sound like you're from Pennsylvania. So there you go. I, w I want you to know I'm right at the middle weight limit. <laughs> That's good. It was good seeing you. It was really good seeing you. And it's funny because I know you're, you're probably a lot of people are the same way. You know, people sound different than they look sometimes. And uh, you just look better than you sounded, I guess. That's, give me a compliment that's, that's there. That's the coach in me. That's the coach in me, okay. Jeff. There you I go. sound better on the phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Len. What do right, you got? Listen, um, here we go. Hey, comment, comment by um, uh, Scott where he was trying to, uh, trying to place the uh, yardage, uh, total yardage against in these last four games. And I, I don't know how we rate across our history. And I've, I've been watching him for a long time. But I'll tell you what, if you want to see some bad numbers across – a year, a whole year, go go back to 1966, and the numbers of yardage against are just unbelievable. That was that was bad stuff. It's a great and, year, though. Uh, and in the and in the well, 70s, you, uh, you know, some some people have said they haven't lived through the 70s. I was there for those years, and things were pretty bad. But 
Jeff, let's nail it down to the last four games. I, I just, you know, I want to say this is, to me, this this is a bad stretch. Yeah. Uh, I thought we could come out of this stretch three and one. Mm-hmm. Now we're playing our fourth game now against the Jets, and let let's not downplay let's not downplay the magnitude of this game. You know, we're not going. You know, we're not going to the playoffs, and we're not going to the Super Bowl. Uh, but I think one thing, the ownership of this team, the older ownership of this team, the Mara family has always known, don't, don't lose the back pages of the newspaper the next morning. <laughs> don't, don't lose the headlines on the back pages. This is, this is, I'm not saying heads are going to roll on Monday. I'm not anywhere near that. Anywhere near that. But this is, this is important to this organization. Sure. And uh, hopefully, hopefully that translates to the players. And I'm, I get the feeling um, that Pat knows it. And uh, I like his speech earlier in the week. You know, put up or shut up here. Let's, let's do something. Because just, just, you know, picking Baker for a second, if he doesn't have a really good game this week, he's not going to start after the, after the break. He's not going to start. He's going to have to have a good game. There are going to be some people who are going to get devoted if this doesn't go well. Sure. Hey, listen, the 3-4 three, four, three, four defense. Um, I remember during the Parcells era, and I was a big fan. It was easy to be a big fan of the 3-4 then because we were winning. But, um, you know, I wish it was simplified. Jeez, there's a lot of maneuvering. There's a lot of rotation. And, you know, last week what drove me crazy, guys, um, when we went into a 4-3, which we do quite often, as you know. Well, well, well let, let remember, you, let remember, you don't go into a four-three. You go into a four-two when you play nickel. It isn't a four-three. Yeah, okay, okay. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the defensive ends. Right. When you go to the four-two. Right. When, when you put Carter and X-Man as your defensive ends, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be the easiest 140 yards that Elliott ever had in his life. Well, then I th- and he, I think as he said, and, and I think that was a good move by Dallas. They would come out. Because what, what teams will do, they'll try to get you into the, into the personnel they want and then try to run plays off that, right? So by the Cowboys putting three wide receivers out, it forces the Giants to go into their sub package, which means those linebackers go down to the defensive line position, and then they ran against your nickel. So, yeah, I yeah. agree. I think that was a bad matchup. And one thing, Zimenez, and he's flashed a little bit, He's had a lot of issues setting the edge this year. We've seen him get trapped on that edge a bunch of times. And remember, it yeah. wasn't necessarily the point of attack against Dallas either. It was those backside guys, whether it was the linebacker or backside defensive end, they were not disciplined in staying in those cutback no, lanes. Exactly. That's where Elliott killed them last week. And he knew it, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me, let me just say one more thing about the 3-4, and then I'll let you go, and I'll say go Giants, and we win the game. Um, <laughs> y- y- you know, if we're going to play a 3-4, guys, and I'm I'm okay with it. I'm not a big fan, but I'm okay with it. Look, stay in a three-four. Put Tomlinson at the nose tackle, Williams, uh, and Lawrence as your defensive ends. Uh, you, you know, just just stay in that three-four. Stay in that base and play it, and and let let these guys learn from there. I want to I want to simplify it. You know, seeing these guys running on and off the field, last second type things. We even do it on offense. You know, come on, guys, let's simplify this game plan. Let's go out, butt heads with these guys, win a football game, win those back pages. Giant, it's always good to beat the Jets. I don't care if you're playing them in checkers or <laughs> basketball or whatever. It's good the next morning to be able to say you beat the Jets. Let's go, Giants. Hey, we'll talk Thank next you, week. Appreciate right, it. Again, good to see you. Good to you see too. you. Too. Absolutely. Thank and you, the man. other option the Giants have, too, if they do want to, you know, get the extra DB on the field, when you go to that, you know, 4 2 
nickel package or sub package, whatever you want to call it, you could always, if you really want to protect against the run, that's when you could use Leonard Williams as an end if you want. Because yeah. that gives you a little bit more muscle up front in terms of stopping the run. Yeah, once he gets a little bit more into this defense, you know, right. getting mm-hmm. used to it. I mean, I, I thought he did pretty good last week being his first week back. And fine. I think that, that that's what you're going to get out of Leonard Williams. Um, I think when you, if he's going to play to a higher level, then you'll be excited because he had a couple pressures in the game, but no sacks. That's yeah. kind of what he does. Yeah. And he can, he can play all, all four of those positions. So, I mean, it's, he can, whatever he needs to do, he, they'll put him in there, but man, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about rotation, Len, wait till this week, wait till you see how Greg Williams rotates his defensive line. I mean, they are in and out like, like a turnstile. Boom, 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 boom. Let's go to Jamal in Dallas on line four. He's up next. Hey, Jamal. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's Hi. up, man? How are you? Hey, 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 Jeff. Yo. Hey, we're not in a bad spot with the U. They didn't, we didn't even have a coach fire yet like Florida State. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and, and listen, I'm all, for, I'm all for Florida State hiring Deion Sanders. Really? Oh, Come on. Man. I'm I mean, worried about that. <laughs> I'm worried about that. They got to all the recruits. Oh, man. Uh, well, you know what? You probably yeah. you got a good point there, but uh, – I- <laughs> I was taught don't say – well, like usually I try to adhere to the if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. But if, if, if they think – if they're under the impression that Deion Sanders is going to go in there and work 12-hour days or 16-hour days as a head coach, they are out of their damn minds. He's just going to be there happening. for recruiting. That's yeah, all he's exactly. going to do. Yeah. Oh, well. So, so, so I called earlier this week. I talked to uh, – uh, Ross and um, Pete, just just my thought is with Shermer as the play caller and the head coach. Um, what is your thought with the? I know when Tom Coughlin was there, he he had Gilbride, he had uh, Spags as his coordinators, and he just facilitated the team, managed the team and the players. And if he had to get involved with stuff, he did. What is your thoughts with Shermer or gentlemen telling him, hey, after this bye, maybe? We should let Shula do what we hired Shula to do, which is coordinate the offense. Because I feel like in the game, especially in the fourth quarter, it's too much going on for Shermer. He's thinking about challenging a play. He's trying to get play calls out. And like Lynn was saying, people are coming on and off the field. It's like, come on, like you're, it's doing too much. Too much is going on. And we got a young quarterback. Like Maybe Shula could just focus on the play calling, and then Shermer could focus on developing – this court, this young quarterback that we have, I think we'll have a better successful rate in the long term. That's just my opinion. Right. What are y'all thoughts? Well, listen, I, I think that certain guys can do it. I think that a guy like Andy Reid, I mean, listen, I don't think there's anybody that's going to take the play calling away from him, right? But I think that as a young coach, when you do have, and I think you bring up a good point, when you do have a lot of things going on in the sidelines and you're not that established head coach that's been in the league for a long time that can understand then, you know, then I don't know. I just, for me, if you, if the, the coach thinks he can do it, then let him do it, you know? But I, I think that he's getting enough. He's, he is getting a lot of help from Mike Shula to begin with, putting the game plan, things like that together. But I think you bring up a good point. When things start to happen in the fourth quarter, when there's things that are really going through, it is very difficult, in my opinion, to do both. And until you can prove that you can do it well, I would be the other way. I would have a coordinator do the call. And, 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 and Jamal, real quick, real quick. Generally speaking, I think I, pr- I would prefer it to be separated. I'm with you. But I will say this. I think Shermer is an excellent play caller, and I think he coordinates a very nice offense. I see guys open on this offense. He uses play action. He moves the quarterback. I like the way his offenses run. 
This is not a situation like when McAdoo was here and I didn't like the scheme. I do like this scheme. Sure. Um, I think <laughs> it works. So I think there is a balance to be found there. And, and frankly, we can all say we think calling plays and managing the game is affecting things. There's really no way for us to know that. So I'm not going to make a comment on that yes or no because I just don't know. If we don't have a headset on, I can't tell you. But right. that's where I'm coming from on that. So, so my other thought is we were talking about Sam Bill, and I'm, I'm excited to see if this kid can play or not play. You know, he's been out for, what, a year and a half, two years almost. My thought is I don't know who's going to be in for DeAndre Baker. I think they might sub him in for Janoris Jenkins. And my thought is this. Janoris last week kind of messed on some tackles. Now, his effort was not there by any means. I mean, two of those touchdowns, I'm blaming on him because he could have either pushed the guy out of bounds, slowed the guy out before we could have had a gang tackle, or something could have happened to prevent Michael Gallup from jumping over him or um, the tight end, Jarwin, running that, running that ball, and all of a sudden he just puts a flag football hand out and just tries to tag him, and John Rogers runs through it. So I'm kind of thinking and hoping that Sam Bill's probably being rotated with Janora Jenkins because that effort from last week was definitely piss poor. Mm. And I'll take the rest of your thoughts off. Thank you, Jamal. Oh, Appreciate it. Well, I think there was some questionable effort, okay? Um, and I think that he'll probably tell you the same thing. But I will tell you that Jenkins is not coming off the field. There's, there's, I mean, you're not going to put – you're not going to put – Beal and then have DeAndre Baker, two rookies in that. Well, he's, I mean, Sam Beal is not a rookie by numbers, but he's a rookie, right? I mean, he's, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. Correct. Yeah. So you're not going to take Jenkins off the field unless you have a purpose to discipline for him for something. And he's not, but he has four interceptions on the, the season. He is your best player there. Um, can he play better? Certainly he can, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think so either. I think if they were going to pull the trigger, on it would him. be on Baker. Well, I, I think if, if they were like, all right, well, we're going to put Beal in the starting lineup, they would have traded Jenkins at the trade deadline. Sure. If, if they were ready to make a move and, and go with the youth, the, the youth that's what they would have done. But, no, Jen Jenkins still might be the best or second-best defensive player on this team. Yeah. Just what it is. Yeah, I mean. Uh, he, they, there's those they're still trying to win, folks. So, and um, there's no substitute gonna, for experience. Correct. Now, might you see Sam Beal get into the mix and maybe give one of those two guys a blow here or there to see what Beal has? Yeah, maybe. You could maybe see that. Listen, folks, but, I, I got to yeah. tell you, at 2-7, and seven, a lot of things can happen, right? I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that just kind of just appear because of the circumstances, right? I mean, you look at the numbers. You're, when you're 2-7, and seven, you got a pretty much a zero chance of making the playoffs when you look at these numbers that we look at. And, and, and it's, it's a history. So... What are you looking for? You're looking for improvement out of your younger players. You're looking for playing time out of your younger players. And by the way, this team is almost half of them are less than two years. That's a, of your roster. So you got to get these young guys to learn how to win and to learn and get some experience. All right, we got two callers left. Let's go to Joe in Pennsylvania first. Joe, what's up? Joe. Uh, nothing, guys. It's it's just well, the same old. It's the same old story: discipline <laughs> and blown assignments. And if I'm Joe yep. Mara. I don't know if our team keeps a record of bloat assignments or if the league does, but I know I would. You know, if we can't get straightened out these last few games, whether we win or lose with with the, our assignments, because we run scout teams and and that against uh, uh, the the team we're playing in that, and you know, you run your team here, you're in this position, this is where it is. The ball goes there if they do there, and in keeping your position. And and if we can't learn that, that's why we lost, I think, we three or four of the games 
blow, to blown assignments. And if I'm the, the, the owner of the team, Mara, if we can't get this straightened out somehow, we have no chance. Then I really, by the end of the, uh, of the season, I, I, I have to look to making a coaching change. I, I just can't take that because that, that's what's killing us really and truly. I think I'm not sure where the saying came from. Uh, New England does it a, a lot. I hear it. Do your job. So if you have to take an extra second or two to think, where should I be in position, you know, it's better off to do that than to react and be out of position. This is, but I'm saying, if I'm the owner, if we can't get straightened out here by the end of the year, by all these blown assignments and discipline, then I have to make a coach and change because I, I... I just can't understand it. It's, you know, you could teach this to high school kids or so to be in this position and stuff like that. And we can't win if, if we're not in position. So that's all, really all I have to say. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Joe. Joe. Appreciate it. Look, I, I mean, you don't think they're telling the players where to play in a cover four? Mm, no, they are. I mean, they are. Look, they are. No, but, but he, Joe has a good point. No, but he, his overall point is correct. Well, you yeah. cannot have these blown assignments. No He's hundred percent right about that. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier about guys preparing better. They got to they got to get in the book. They got or, or the iPad, whatever the hell they use nowadays. And being locked in when you're out there, you got to know exactly what your responsibility is. But you know what, John is. And, and Carl will tell you this because Carl, Carl obviously has played the position and understands this. What he's telling you is is that it's recognition. It's reps, mental reps, right? It's not all in, yes, we love game reps, but you're only going to get game reps at when games occur. You know how many reps you can get with this thing right here? You can you can watch games. We are just watching. It's like. He's putting on an iPad, by the way. Folks, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, but my point is that you can study. The more you study and the more you're prepared on the field, you will recognize things when they're in this type of front or where they're, when this guy is lined up in this position, mm-hmm. you understand that they've never run a crossing route out of this position ever. Out of all the stuff, if they do it that day, you can come off to say, "Dude, and listen." You tip your cap. You tip your cap, and you say, "Listen, I studied. They, I've never seen him run that right route out of that out of that formation before, Coach." But, but that play, for example, when Amari Cooper scored into the Cowboys game, they run that play all the time. That's one of their go-to offensive plays. We have seen the Giants Dallas game. We've seen Dallas score on that play for as long as we've been covering the Giants Dallas rivalry games. If that that is their bread and butter. Witten is another one that usually runs that crossing pattern and gets the ball and goes for a touchdown. Although this time it was Amari Cooper. But I'm just my you're seeing my point, right? Of I course. mean it's all about preparation mm-hmm. and understanding what the other team is trying to do against you. And that's that's just kind of getting getting in the books. Charlie in Portland, Maine will wrap us up today. Chuckles. Chuckle chuckle. Hey guys. Hey. 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 Uh, Hey, hey when, I, when, I, when, hey. I, when I finally get down there, hey. uh, Jeff, I, I'm gonna. I'm, hey. I'm a cross between Al Pacino, <laughs> no, you're not, uh, De Niro, and uh, you know, Mr. Titanic, uh, DiCaprio. I'm a, a cross between those three. So you, when you see me, you'll you'll get it. See, okay. now, I wish see, you now, wouldn't see, have told me that. See, now, Charlie, really Charlie, see, I saw him more as, like, Curly from the Three Stooges. <laughs> Maybe, like, Bozo the Clown could be in the mix there. And throw in, like, Kramer from Seinfeld. I, I, th- I think a combination of those three might actually be make more sense. Thank you. Thank you. That hey, puts a better look, taste in my mouth. John, I can't believe what? you think Shermer has a good scheme. He does. How can you believe that? I wa- I watch the tape every week, which which I know you don't. That's out. Look, Hello? we were we were on the ten yard line in our, our 
closer four times in the red zone. Four times he couldn't get us in because he wasn't aggressive. Charlie, no, time out, time out. What does that mean? What does that mean he wasn't aggressive? Explain it to okay, me. Okay, let me tell you what that He means. tried to give On the, the ball to one. your— No, time let out, time me, out, time out, time out, time out. He tried to give the ball to his best player. And Saquon Barkley couldn't run it in because the offensive line didn't block for him. If he didn't give it to Saquon and he passed it three times, I guarantee you, you would be calling up, you have Saquon Barkley. How are you not giving no, it to Barkley? You know why? You know why? Everyone in the stadium knew he was going to give it to Barkley. And Dallas knew win. he was going to give it to Barkley. When you just get an interception to start the game and the whole stadium is just you know, just screaming and just you, what you do is you go for the touchdown. You fake the run to Barkley. You roll out, and I bet you there'd been somebody open. That's when you become aggressive, but not sure. Sure comes aggressive. I mean, sure comes aggressive pick, when 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 someone just scores a forty-yard touchdown and we got like a minute left or whatever it was. Then he starts being aggressive, and when he should have just sat on the ball. He oh, by no the way, hold on, hold on. I want to address that, by the way, because I haven't been on since that game. That critique, and a lot of the media has made it too, it's the most disingenuous nonsense that I've ever Why? heard. This defense hasn't stopped anybody the whole season. So you have a chance to put more points on the board after you settle for field goals in the red zone two different times in the first half. You have a chance to score points. You have all three timeouts. You have 45 seconds. All you need to do, all you need to do is get 35 or 40 yards. If you can't get 35 or 40 yards in 40 seconds with three timeouts, quit. Because that's not hard. And Jeff can speak to that. That is easy to get 40 yards in 40 seconds with three timeouts is easy. Maybe your player shouldn't drop a pass that hit him right in the chest on first down, and then you wouldn't be in that situation. That's why, at that point, he should have had a brain in his head and go, hey, it didn't work. We're not going anywhere. So let's just, let's just run the clock, make them use their timeouts, give them about 15 seconds left, and they probably would have scored a field goal anyway knowing our defense. But that was the smart thing to do. That's what he shouldn't have been aggressive. Or, or how about this? He should have been aggressive how about this? on the eight How about line. your quarterback on a third and ten doesn't throw it into coverage, and how about your receiver gets his head around and fights for the ball? How about that? Or but you don't ball. do that because you have a rookie quarterback that's missed the fumbles and missed the turnover. That's what I'm saying. You don't do that with that. If it was Eli Manning, maybe you would do that because he's experienced. He's a pro. He knows what he's doing. You run Not the ball a, on first down. You run the ball on first down. That's just I've always been. I've, yeah. As long as I've been, you take a, you run the ball on first down and see what happens and let them stop the clock for you, right? If they stop right. you, then you make up your decision. But they, I mean, do that, they did that the other night. They, they had, it was like the end of the half. They ran a draw, and they picked up like 10 yards, and so they decided to try it again. If they had gotten nothing, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have done anything. They would have just ran out the clock. That's what you do. He doesn't have a clue. He doesn't <laughs> have a clue how to be a head coach, and he shouldn't be calling the plays. And as far as Betcher is concerned, simplify the defense. He doesn't know how to do that. He's got rookies, and even veterans don't even know where they're supposed to be. Charlie, so it's on him. Charlie, Charlie. Yep. Cover four is the simplest defense in the world. Two deep man under is the is one of the simplest defenses in the world. Do you know what the defense is? Follow the guy. <laughs> That's what the defense is. Follow your man. 
That's what covered. Then why did Valentine think he was in man, and the other side thought they were in zone? Because Baker wasn't paying attention. Uh, it's on the coach. And if of course, it's on the coach. Like it's Baker, never on the players. It's always on the coach. No, it's on the coach. If the if the player says, "I don't even know," I don't even know what the plays are. I don't even if he. I mean, they're the one that's teaching them. They should know the guy doesn't know anything. He shouldn't be playing. That's on the coach. Charlie, 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 the coach. D- Charlie. Does he screw up the yep. coverage on every play? Do, do, does Baker, Baker screw up the coverage on every play? Well, not every play, but fifty percent is not very. No, and, and, and by the way, that's nonsense. It's not fifty percent. It's like five percent. But that five percent can can cost you a game. So is it the coach's fault that he gets it right ninety four five percent of the time, but he brain locks on five percent of the plays and he screws those up? Look, when you come out and say I don't know the plays, that's on the coaches. To sit him down or no. teach him the plays. Everyone else yeah. knows the plays. How come he doesn't know the plays? How is that the coach's fault? Why isn't that the player's fault that's not paying attention enough to learn the damn playbook? Jeff, please, he you're did, a player. Speak well, to this, Listen, please. he just told you he didn't know the play. So obviously the, the, the coach has told you how the play is supposed to be run. It's up to you to learn how to play. And if you don't understand the play, then ask the coach. But what so you're you saying should, is you're saying yeah. that he's teaching him the wrong play? Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is the coach should know whether this guy gets it or not. And if he doesn't get it, even if it's 5% of the time or 10% of the time, you don't play him. You get your position coaches to work with him, and you sit him down until he finally knows what the heck he's doing. That's all I'm saying. The other thing with Jenkins, Jenkins knew the guy was going to be in – they were going to get a touchdown anyway. What he tried to do was knock the ball out of his hand. The best thing that could have happened was him to fumble the ball because he knew even if he tackled him, he would have been on the two-yard line and Zeke would have gone right through the middle for a touchdown. So you can't blame you can't blame him for that. Thank okay. you, Charlie. Enjoy the Charlie, game. Charlie, great weekend. Have a good one. <laughs> Goodbye, Charlie. I mean, I. Slane was wide open on that first play. Hit him right. The ball literally hit, went through his hands. Yeah. Uh, but listen, I, I, I tell you, we're talking. Just want to make sure we're talking about the same, the same. We're thing. talking end of the first half. The okay. Giants got the ball with, with 48, 48 seconds, seconds to go on the clock, and they had three timeouts left. Okay. I'm, I'm a big fan of running the ball there on first down. And you know what? I would have been fine with that too. That's okay, okay because you are still trying to score. Half the people out there want you to, are, are arguing that they should just melt on the ball, which is just dumb. That I don't agree with. When you no, I don't agree with that. Okay, and either does Shermer, because <laughs> he ran. He wanted to be aggressive. Yeah. But you can you can talk either way. You can say, you know, how can you leave the other team with timeouts and this much time on? Listen, the, the interception that that Daniel Jones threw. He's got to be smarter than that, okay? That's you, you, A punt is going to be better there than that play. Yeah, because you had a 27-yard return, and Slayton's got to get his head around and fight for the ball a little bit. So there's all kinds of circumstances that come into effect, and one big one is that you drop the football, Yeah. okay? And so that's a momentum killer right there. And so the the call on first down is run the football, to get the clock running, okay, and you see what you can do. Let the, the other team going to call. Let them stop the clock for you. Or if you get a big gainer, then you can try to game plan it and go from there. But... You can talk either way. You could take a knee there. You could go for what they did, or you can do it. It's just, I'm it's, always going to sign on being aggressive in that spot. That's just me. Especially, look, if you, if your defense is some like great defense where you, you have confidence they're going to slow people down, 
the Giants have to maximize their ability to score points at every chance. But don't you they think they have no choice? But don't you think that that kind of contradicts being aggressive there? Because you know your defense would just let somebody go down the field. You know, if your defense is that bad, then you may want to just take a knee and just say, "We're not going to give a chance to get the ball back to these guys," right? No, but I want to go score points. I'm not going to no, go I know that, the but, assumption. But, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go three and out my, here. But that, but the assumption you have to kind of think about. Listen, if we, if I don't do this, we know our defense. They can't stop anybody. They're going to go down and score. It's exactly what they did. So, so let's say you run on a first down and you get six yards. Okay, so it's second and four. And then what do you do? All right, then you're gonna have, you're gonna try to make a first down. You're gonna throw the football, right? And then see what you could get from there. But if you if you get an incomplete pass there. Then you're gonna probably you're gonna run the clock out and just go in. I mean, you got to you got to figure out how you. No, gonna but the Cowboys have three timeouts. You're not running the clock out. They're getting the ball no, back. Regardless. What I mean by they're gonna call a timeout. They're gonna call right. a timeout. You're gonna punt the football, okay? And then you're gonna let them go. Most likely, your punter's gonna get the ball down there 40 yards, and they're gonna they're gonna now they're gonna have probably 70 yards to go. Well, I mean, if they get it at their own 30, they have to go 35 yards to get in the field goal range. Okay, yeah, for 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 a field goal, yeah, so. It's a very sticky situation. It just depends on philosophy. Because that also is very dope. You get the ball at 30 seconds. You got to go 30 yards to get in the field goal range. We've seen people do that against the Giants before. Let's be let's be honest for a second. Yeah. I mean, the the one that killed you was the interception and the return. That's the bad. That was the bad part about that whole thing. That whole sequence. Correct. That was the bad thing. Because an interception and a step, like a guy just tackles him right there. Not all that bad. Hey, right? look, my, 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 my big point is that, and I look, if you want to run it on first down and then go from there. I'm okay with that. Run a screen pass, a draw, Something. whatever. That's fine. I'm okay with that. And, I, and if someone wants to call in and make that point, I'm fine with that. But you don't want to run a play to stop the clock. That's the situation there. Yeah, but the clock shouldn't have stopped if the guy catches the ball. No, it won't stop. No, but the clock shouldn't have stopped because the guy should have caught the ball oh, and no, hit him right, okay. right through his hands. <laughs> yes, yes I, I, I get that. But you know my point is if he catches the ball I know, I know, goes. I know, and I know. To me, though, the defense has been so poor in these second halves. As it was, you would you were plus two in the first half, and you were only up at that point twelve ten, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah, twelve ten. You want to try to ex- extend that lead a little bit, and I get where Pat Shermer's coming from. I mean, when has this defense made the stop in the second half for you? No, they haven't. They don't. I need as many points as I can get. And all right, we got to go. We're really late, and we got into this debate last. I saved Charlie for last, and now I regret it. We went 15 minutes late. I got a million things to do. I'm killing McKenzie. I'm killing Fegels. We got to go. Thanks for being with us, everybody. See you later, bud. I want to remind everyone, by the way, if you listen to Big Blue Kickoff Live on podcast, make sure you subscribe to the new Big Blue Kickoff feed starting December 1st. That's the only place it'll be available. It will no longer be available on the New York Giants audio podcast. Also, if you want to hear more from Jeff and I, as along with Lance and Paul, check out our pregame show on Sunday on WFAN at 1130. Lance and Jeff will be at 80 River in, 80 River Hoboken, in Hoboken, New Jersey, which yes. is not surprisingly on 80 River Street. So make sure you check that out. Right across the path. And uh, me and Paul will be at MetLife Stadium. It is a Jets home game. Then, of course, Lance and Jeff will have postgame afterwards. I'll be in the locker room. And Big Blue Kickoff Live comes your way again on Monday at 1.30. Only shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Thursday and Friday, it's the bye week. We're going to be off. So just keep that in mind moving forward. And make sure you subscribe to our other two podcasts, The Giants Huddle and Giants Rewind with Carl Banks. For Jeff Eagles, I'm John Schmelk. Thanks for being with us. It's all presented by Coors Light. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend, and Giants and Jets on Sunday. Enjoy the game. See ya.